Welcome to Widowcast Podcast, where you learn how to find the strength to get through your journey and the skills to coach other widows. This is not your average grief group. This is your journey group. It just may show you the way to make something amazing come out of the emotional pain and trauma of widowhood. I'm your host, Joanne Philomena. I'm the best-selling author of Widowed and Widow Coach, and I'm a professional certified life coach. Let the healing and your personal journey begin. So listen, if you've just discovered me either in iTunes or on YouTube, I'm Joanne the Life Coach. I'm Joanne Philomena. Welcome. This is episode 149 of Widowcast. If all goes well, it will be. I'm talking today about anticipation and the body response to anticipation. So listen up. Have you found yourself anticipating anniversary dates, holiday dates with dread after losing someone in your life? Right? I know that widows do. I see a lot of talk about this in my group in Facebook for widows. And especially right now, we are just, this is the day before Valentine's Day that I'm doing this broadcast. And there are so many widows talking about this, like they're really bummed out about it. Their husbands died, right? Um, But this also goes for anybody. If you're single, if you just went through a breakup, if you've just lost a sibling, lost a friend, right? Any lost parent, a holiday can be a tough thing to cope with. But here's what happens. I came across a study. Now, I kind of instinctively knew this. I cottoned on to this. There is a study that was done in 2006 by the American Physiological Society. And it showed that just the expectation of laughing and having fun while watching a fun movie just the anticipation of it, just thinking about watching that movie boosted endorphins an average of 27% and boosted HGH 87%. You guys, this is phenomenal. Now, I know you probably know what endorphins are, right? Endorphins are, we mostly associate that with the runner's high, you know, people who run And after a while, like their brain just starts flooding their body with endorphins that like lifts them up. If you've ever been at a dance party and just, you know, danced until you dropped, you probably experienced endorphins. If you fall in love, you experience a wash of endorphins through your system. Endorphins are pretty amazing things. HGH is the human growth hormone. It plays a big part in the cellular repair going on in our body plays a big part with your health. Boosting HGH 87%, that blew my mind. When I saw this study, that blew my mind because I don't know of anything else that is going to boost HGH like that. And I thought that's just a mental response to thinking about watching a movie. Oh my gosh. So as soon as I read that, I started thinking about you know, widows posting about 
oh, my husband's birthday's coming up and he would have been this and I don't know how I'm going to get through the day or posting about their wedding anniversary is coming up and, and they're just so devastated even just thinking about that coming up, right? I see it in the general population. You know, the first place I saw this and addressed it long before I became widowed and began working with widows was noticing how many people in our culture dread going to work. How many people out there don't like their jobs? Yet they're doing it day after day because they need their job, they need their paycheck, right? But they really dread it. It's like everybody posts about, oh, Mondays, going back to work on a Monday. Listen, if you get up every single morning dreading what you're going to do for the day, man, it's time for a change. It is time for a change. And as a life coach, I've even coached people. I tell them they don't get to leave their job until they're happy with their job. I know that sounds crazy, you guys, and totally like, what? But it's true because if you are really unhappy in the workplace, it's not about your boss. It's not about your coworkers. It's not about any of that. It's actually about what you're thinking, what you're telling yourself, what stories you have about your boss and your coworkers. You can actually learn to like your job more just with coaching and learning how to observe your thoughts and how to intentionally think differently about your job. Once you're in that space, now you can make a really intelligent decision about if you want to still leave that job and what it is you want to go do. If you're like emotionally freaked out, you're not thinking straight. Now, and don't feel bad because I did that. You guys, I was in a job that was just dreadful. And I really did think about all the reasons that I wanted to leave that job and go do something else and really got myself into a headspace where I just said, you know what, this is it. And I left the job, right? Walked away from a paycheck. And that's when I first went off to start building my own company. So I think about the difference, first of all, in doing what I'm doing now, something I'm passionate about, something I really love, as opposed to getting those mornings getting up and dreading the corporate job, it's night and day. And when I was working in corporate America and I was a director of operations, I was a team lead for a while, right? Managing an account and big teams of people. And my thing was, I wanted all my people to be excited about the work they were doing, period. That's when I was coaching in the corporate world. Because if, if there was somebody that, you know, I was seeing what they were doing dropping off or something was clearly going on with them, I would reach out. I would be like, what's, what's going on? This can't feel good. And I knew if they were getting burned out about their job, that this was just going to affect their whole life. Forget about affecting what they were doing at the company. It's going to affect their whole life. And I would talk to them and try to reconnect them with the excitement they felt when they first started doing that job, right? Making sure that everybody knew they were appreciated and they were contributing and they were changing the world in some way. So important. Important in your physiology. 
because here's the thing, anticipation, good or bad, right? Whether it's dreading a holiday without somebody you just lost or dreading Monday morning coming because of the soul-sucking corporate job you're doing, right? Anticipation makes the body react as if it's experiencing the thing right now. So in that study, when people were anticipating watching a really fun movie, their body was already reacting as if they were already in that movie laughing and enjoying it. Just thinking about it made their body pump out all those endorphins and, and human growth hormone, all these amazing results in the body. So what happens if you are doing the reverse? Instead of anticipating something like it's going to be really good, that's going to dump some endorphins, some human growth hormone, maybe even some other stuff, get some serotonin going in your brain. Instead of anticipating something really good, you're anticipating something dreadful. Now, it's no mistake that there is a very high percentage of widows, and I mean high, like over 80%, who receive a critical health diagnosis within two years after their spouse dies. Don't do this to yourself because anticipating holidays or uh, birthdays, anniversary events with dread has a physical impact right? It has a psychological impact. You already know that. Because if you have been like really bummed out at the thought it's Valentine's Day and my guy's not here, right? You're already experiencing the psychological impact of that. You're feeling down. Like you don't want to do anything. You sure don't want to like attack a goal and finish it for sure. May not even want to get out of bed. If you're dreading going to work, it's hard to get out of bed. You're not jumping out of bed like, Yahoo, let's tackle the day. So there is a real psychological impact that's just going to drain you. And that's the physical impact. I do believe when you are constantly dreading things like that, you are opening your body up to disease, right? It's going to affect your wellness. It's going to affect how you perform in life. I figured out quite a while ago, if I can anticipate a success at something, my biology begins to change as if I were already there successful. Right? At whatever it is I was trying to, I'm trying to do, if I can anticipate that I'm going to like kill it, I'm going to slay it, I'm going to get in there and I'm just going to be so successful with this thing, then all of my biology and my psychology changes to support my efforts, supports the success of it. And what I discovered over time was if I can anticipate being successful at something, and start thinking of myself as the person who's already accomplished that, step into her shoes, it was like success became inevitable. It's an amazing thing. And this is one of the things that I teach when I am teaching widows to coach and certifying them as widow life coaches, right? 
I teach this in my uh, membership subscription online, how to step in to create that future you, step into those shoes, because again, it's that anticipation mechanism supporting your success. Know that our posture and actions can change our emotions by changing our thinking in response to posture. It sounds crazy, but I will tell you, if you walk around your house, hunch your shoulders over, look down, okay? Like cave your chest in on yourself and then try to be happy standing like that. Your thoughts are just not even going to take you there. But if you stand up straight and lift your chin up, and there's studies proving this too, you know, your whole mood begins to change. Your thoughts about yourself begin to change. Tony Robbins does this really well, right? He knows how to lift up his thinking and his physiology and get those hormones going in his body, right? He's releasing serotonin. He's releasing endorphins. And when he's doing his live events, he's getting that for the entire audience. Before Tony comes out on stage, man, they've got them jumping up and down. It's like crazy town in there. The music's blaring and everybody's, you know, doing all these motions and it just changes everything. The energy of the room is like up. That's what you want for yourself. You know, our emotions are created by our thoughts. When you think a thought, when that sentence plays through your brain, it vibrates into your body as an emotion, right? When your brain fires that neuropathway that says that sentence in your head, it's releasing a cocktail of hormones and neuropeptides that can create happy, sad, fear, anger, or any of the thousand emotions that fall into those categories. All of your emotions are created this way. So know that if you can look forward to something instead of dreading it, you improve your overall well being instead of destroying your well being, making yourself ill, even critically ill. Jobs that suck the life out of you, right? Versus jobs that you love, okay? Soul-sucking corporate job versus doing something you're really passionate about. Being around someone you think of as toxic versus unconditional love. Now, that may sound strange, and that's a whole other lesson in itself, you guys. Because the truth is there are no toxic people. People are just people. It's your thoughts about them that decide they're toxic. And that's just like dreading something. If you can love them unconditionally, which is a real art, but you can learn to do that, right? Again, I teach it, I coach it. And here's what happens. When you find some unconditional love and forgiveness for someone, they don't feel it. It's not like you're giving them this gift. It's not like you're doing something for somebody who's been mean to you. You're doing it for yourself. You're the only one that feels that. They have no idea that you're loving on them. Of telling you it is 
probably the best revenge because you get to feel all that love and all of that serotonin that releases in your brain and floods your body. You get to feel that for them. They don't get any of it. <laughs> right? So it's not like you are excusing somebody else's terrible behavior. You know, I mean, we don't excuse really abhorrent behavior, but you can still like unconditionally love them no matter what they did. And you do that for yourself. It's just part of changing your own biology. How about thinking well of yourself and loving your life versus criticizing yourself and hating on yourself? And before you say, oh, no, this is not me. I don't have bad self-talk. I want you to really start observing that because we do it to ourselves all the time. And it's things we would never say to our kids or say to our friends, you know? Like, have you ever done something and thought to yourself, how could I be so stupid? Would you say that to someone else? Would you say, how could you be so stupid just because they poured cream in their iced tea? <laughs> right? Or forgot to put the coffee in the coffee maker. Would you say, how could you be so stupid? No, you would laugh. You would be amused at their humanness. Yet we don't do that for ourselves. So learning to think well of yourself and loving your life. Wake up every morning going, I love this life. I love being on this planet, right? It can be beautiful. It can be horrific, but it is an amazing place to be on this planet. If you wake up every morning feeling that way, your health improves. The entire biology of your body improves. People talk a lot about longevity. I'm into it too. I love reading those studies coming out of Harvard on uh, longevity at the cellular level, right? But I also think our thoughts have a lot to do with our own longevity. Don't anticipate death, anticipate life. Yes, death happens. And I'm here to tell you as a widow, as the first widow coach, professional certified little widow coach in the country. I am no longer the only one, right? Because I have certified and trained. I'm so proud of this over 50 certified widow coaches now and counting as the first certified widow coach. I'm here to tell you, I was the first one to say, listen, death is inevitable. Nobody gets out of this alive and you need to understand that. It sounds so cliche and songs and all that other stuff, but when your spouse dies, when your partner dies, you know this to your bones. You know everybody is going to die. Everybody. Some people will die before you. Some people will die after you. But everybody is going to die. So, when I had that realization right after my husband died, I was like, wow, what am I waiting for? What am I waiting for? And I, I knew I was going to commit to live the next year as if it were the last year of my life, for sure. And I recommit to that every single year. Right? Last December 31st, <clears throat> I recommitted to it for 2020. Like live it like it's the last year you've got to live and like get out there and just savor everything, do everything 
anticipate everything greatly. Don't dread anything. If there's anything you dread, you need to check in with yourself about that. Why am I choosing to dread that? Because you're choosing to. It's not just happening to you. Emotions don't just happen to you. That's the big news flash. They're coming from what you tell yourself in your head. And you get to choose that. Most people don't realize that. They think we're like just at the mercy of our own thoughts and our own thinking. And we're not. And if our brain plays a certain thought all the time, right? Like, who am I to think I can do that? And every time you come up against something, your brain's like, well, who do you think you are trying to do that? That's going to be a thought that's going to keep coming up for a while. But if you start noticing it and calling yourself out on it, and choosing to not focus that thought, choosing to pick something different to think about yourself, eventually that neuropathway breaks down and the new neuropathway forms. The one that says, I think I could succeed at just about anything I put my hands to. Right? That's a powerful thought. I realized that somewhere back in my life. I went, oh, I'm always successful. Right? I always succeed at the stuff I do. After I took job after job where I started in an entry position and would get promoted, promoted, promoted and end up at the top of the company. I did that several times over in my lifetime and said, wow, I always succeed. What a great thought, right? So thinking well of yourself and loving your life versus criticizing yourself and hating yourself. One creates well-being, the other is going to just create illness, truly. So watch how you are anticipating. If you are a widow listening to this, and I know y'all are out there because you're going to be listening to this on Widowcast Podcast, you might be thinking, well, Joanne, how am I supposed to be happy about Valentine's Day coming when my husband died? six months ago or whatever. And I'm not telling you have to be happy, happy. But here's what I'm telling you. Plan something for that day. One thing, one thing you can look forward to. Whether you are going to take yourself out to dinner, if you don't have the guts to do that, maybe go buy one of those pink cupcakes at the grocery store and bring home. Say, I'm going to have this cupcake as part of my dinner to treat myself or go buy yourself some tulips right? Or, you know, if you have kids, I'm going to sit down with the kids and we're going to cut out hearts and we're just going to tape them all over our windows. Plan something that you will look forward to, right? Even if it's like, I think I'm going to watch a sappy love story movie on Netflix tomorrow night for Valentine's Day. And I'm going to make popcorn and I'm going to make some hot chocolate and I'm going to put on my fluffy slippers, right? Maybe I'll even take a bubble bath ahead of time and get all relaxed and smelling good and curl up and watch that movie. Now you're anticipating something uh, that you're not dreading. Do you see what I'm saying? And the next time you're dreading something like a holiday, you know, when the holidays come around, I saw it just this past year, widows start falling apart like two months before the holidays even get here. 
because they're thinking about it and how are they going to get through the holidays and are they going to do their own traditions? Oh my gosh, do I have to put up a tree? Do I have to decorate? What do I want to do? If you make plans and decide how you're going to celebrate each holiday, exactly what you're going to do, maybe plan some new traditions for yourself, create something to look forward to, then instead of dreading it, you have some joyful anticipation. It's going to turn your biology around. And I personally think anybody who's dealing with any kind of depression or loss, that's the key. That is the key, is to find something that you can plan on and look forward to, whether it's something you're going to do this weekend, something you're going to do a month from now, something you're going to plan to do three months from now, a goal you want for yourself, weight loss or a raise. Plan something that you can work towards and look forward to. It changes your physiology, people. So that's what I've got for you today. Get out there and anticipate something good. It's going to change how you feel. And listen, if you're watching this on YouTube and you don't know me and you are widowed or you know somebody widowed, you can check out my books on Amazon. Widowed, well, widowed was in stores for a while, may still be in some stores, or if you walk into a store, you can certainly ask them to order Widowed by Joanne Philomena. Easiest way, Amazon. I love Amazon for buying books. The Widow Coach is available on Amazon, and I'll have links in the notes here for the books. I'll have links for my Facebook group. Um, and listen, leave me comments. Tell me what you think. Tell me what maybe you've been dreading that you think you can shift to some joyful anticipation in some way. And get out there and find some joy in every day you have this week. Okay? Love you all. <laughs>